0: Welcome to the Great American Collectibles Show, seen Wednesdays on the Sports Collectors Daily Facebook page and the Great American Collectibles Facebook page. You can also listen to us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Spotify. The Great American Collectibles Show is brought to you by the National Sports Collectors Convention and Sports Collectors Daily. Tonight's headlines are brought to you by Sports Collectors Daily. For all of your hobby news, features, and more, go to sportscollectorsdaily.com. And now your host, Tom Zappala and Boston sports personality, John Mallory.
1: Jam, my main man, how you doing, brother? What's up, Zap? Nothing much, nothing much. It's really, I know you got a lot of snow up there. We have a tremendous amount of snow down here in <laughs> southern Florida. Uh, actually, I have ice cubes, but uh, other than that, uh, the weather is going to be gorgeous.
2: Yeah, the, the, uh, the meteorologists overestimated this storm. It's just enough to be a pain in the neck driving somewhere, but it's nothing. So I, I may even skinny dip this afternoon in my pool. That's good. I appreciate the visual. <laughs> I'm giving it serious thought. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyways, that's welcome great.
1: to the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zappel. You Mike know,
2: when, when Tom skinny dips, he jumps up and down, and a minute later, parts are still moving. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible. That is
1: absolutely horrible. Uh, welcome to the Great America Collectible Show, Tom Zapp, my good friend, and former, my former friend and co-host, uh, John Mallory. John Mallory's in the house. Uh, we've got a great show today. We've got our good friend, uh, Brian Drent. The best. Uh, he is from Mile High Card Company, uh, going to be on with us. Uh, and Mike Provenzal from Heritage is going to join us a little later on. Let's bring, uh, uh, right now, let's bring Brian in first. Hey,
3: Brian. Hey, guys. How are you? How good. you doing, What's
1: Brian? I'm doing well.
3: How are you? Good, man. Good.
1: good. Glad to have you. Uh, we got a lot to talk about, Brian. Uh, auctions, uh, the state of the hobby. We're going to bring in to talk about all kinds of stuff. And by the way, folks, you can listen to us on any of your favorite platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Pandora, what else, all that good stuff. And we're also on a WCAP up in the Boston area, 980. Uh, good people up there. We've been with them a long time, JM. We've I know. I know. Long Operation. time
2: affiliation with CAP.
1: Yep. Right. All right. Listen, we have a special guest, though, who I have gotten to know over the last uh, three or four weeks, and she is as wacky as the rest of us. Uh, no, but she's <laughs> a sweetheart. Uh, Brittany Pertigon uh, from Little Smiles. Brittany is the CEO of Little Smiles. Hey, Brett.
4: Hello, how are you?
1: How you doing? How you doing? Nice I'm to see you.
4: You know, and you have to be wacky to be in this nonprofit industry. Right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, you do.
4: Sit right in. Hey, Rick. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, Rico and I, uh, we're really excited. Uh, we've got <clears throat> the event coming up on March 2nd uh, down here in uh, Juno Beach
4: yeah.
5: uh, at the
1: County Line Restaurant. Uh, all it's, this is to benefit uh, a great charity a charity that uh, has now become close to our hearts. You know, I think we told you this before we we got into this. You know, we talked long and hard about a good charity to do something for. Several Mm -hmm. years ago, we did the Jimmy Fund event down here. And our good friend, Tommy Cerrito, we started talking. I know that he and his his wife were involved with Little Smiles. We did our research, and we said, boom, this is it. And you know what the reason was? Because 93 cents of every buck – Goes right to the kids. Tell us a little about a little bit about Little Smiles, and then we can talk about the event.
4: All right. So how long do you have? Because I'm a nonprofit CEO. So. You got
1: five minutes. Right.
4: Oh, oof, man, this is going to be tough. No, listen, the, the work that we do um, here at Little Smiles is absolutely incredible, not just because, you know, I'm the CEO of it, but to see the smiles on the kids' faces, you know, Little Smiles, we're simple. It's all about helping kids be kids in difficult times. All we are there to do is to provide a smile for a child that is in need. Whether they are laid up in a hospital bed, they're homeless, they've experienced some sort of trauma or tragedy, something along those lines that where any child feels like they're at a deficit, we're there with the junk food. We're there with the Doritos, the candy, the popcorn. We're there with the cool new action figure. We're there with sometimes just basic necessities, clothes, clothes you know, shoes. Sometimes kids come to us and they have shoes that are three sizes too small. Kids can't have, like, I can't have that. So let alone a kid that's running on a playground. We're there to provide those things to the nurses, the social workers, the law enforcement agents. We're there to give them those things so they can be the shiny light to provide the smile to any child.
1: Well, you know something? Uh, that's kind of what impacted us. He says, little smiles, big impact. And once you... We sat down, uh, uh, the, all of us, along with uh, Chip, uh, the, yeah. c- the founder, uh, founder. Paul Darnier, uh, uh, You know, you s- We were sold. We were absolutely sold. As a matter of fact, I think we're going to be doing a donut run uh, in the next couple of weeks at one of the hospitals or wherever. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the event. And by the way, folks, yeah. this is really, really important. Uh, obviously, you folks that are not in the Florida area, You can still make a donation where I'm begging you to make a donation. I don't care if it's 10 bucks, 20 bucks. You can go to the uh, website. No, actually to the link. Uh, We post the link. You can click right on the link and make a $10 donation, $20 donation, whatever it is. And if if you don't know me personally, but you watch the show, mention the Great American Collectible Show. So uh, we'll know know, where to apply it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the event uh, and your thoughts about the event.
4: Yeah. So, you know, when you guys, you know, came to us um, with this idea, I thought it was cool. I'm a sports girl. Um, I grew up, you know, I played, you know, college sports uh, as well too. So for me, you know, sports are near and dear. So when I found out, you know, that I could meet Rico um, and he and you guys were able to come together and provide this incredible event, you know, the memorabilia that we're going to have and just even the Q and a with Rico, you know, down here in South Florida, we have a lot of, you know, Sports stars, we have a lot of retired, you know, guys and gals down here, being able to get really this intimate moment at a local pizzeria, um, I think is really setting a precedent of, you know, you guys care about the little ones, you guys care about the little guys, and you're on this, you know, national platform, but you still care about the local kids in our community. And I think that that has to be incredible. So at this event, we're going to have a silent auction, live auction. We're going to have giveaways, the Q&A. We're going to have so much stuff. And one, once again, it all benefits Little Smiles. So we can go and do the donut runs where we take donuts and coffee in at, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning to the hospitals, feed all the families and feed all of the kids that, you know, on weekends – Hospital food, if we can sneak something in, by all means, we're sneaking it in. So this event's going to be great.
1: And for for memorabilia, I mean, we have some great auction items. We've got signed baseballs by Hall of Famers. Uh, We've got uh, uh, jerseys uh, donated uh, by different teams. We have uh, the Miami uh, Heat uh, donated a a Mm -hmm. team-signed basketball. We've got all kinds of great, great vintage memorabilia. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. And we also have a silent auction, uh, golf outings with Rico, fishing expeditions with Rico. Rico's gonna have a blast, JM.
2: <laughs> Don't go I fishing, yes. but if you go fishing with Rico, you might it might be like going with Fredo. So you got to be, you got to be careful about that. Hey, Britt, I had a question for you. I I, I listened to your, your answer at the top of the show. So how do you find the need? How do you find the kids in need? Do you do outreach and go find them? Do you wait for organizations or, you know, whether it's law enforcement, hospitals, families come to you, how do you connect with people?
4: So 75% of our kids come through our partner facilities So we partner with hospitals, domestic abuse shelters, medical daycares, and law enforcement agencies. And we partner with them. We come up, you know, the contractual agreement to make all the attorneys happy, you know, and then we have our liaisons inside those facilities because they're the ones that work with the kids day in and day out. So they know what the kids need. So it's not just that blind guessing, you know, hey, I think a kid likes Spider-Man. No, we actually get the kid that says, I love Spider-Man. So we're able to go if a kid is going to be enduring a six month hospital stay, Buy the posters, the blankets, all sorts of stuff to turn their room into a home away from home. So we get it through there. And then the one chunk that we do through our annual toy drive every year um, we do is that is open up to the public. We have an application system. So we do open up through the, you know, the general public for that. A majority of our stuff does come through our partner agency.
1: Fantastic. Yep. Okay. Your website is, just let everybody know.
4: Littlesmilesfl.org.
1: And please make a donation. We're begging you. This is going to be a great event. Hey
2: Zap, can you people can bid on the items online or is it all you cannot? Okay. No, they
1: can't. What we're going to do in the next couple of weeks, what we've decided to do is I'm going to be giving a list of uh, items. Now for instance, right now uh, there are two items that we have bids on from outside people. And Brian, our good friend Derek Grady, uh, uh, we have Rico's last game used bat, the last bat he ever used in his career. And uh, I, we had donated it. Uh, we had a starting bid of two thousand dollars on it, and our good friend Derek Grady already has a bid <coughs> of three thousand on on the bat. And we also have an outside bid. On a, uh, we have a beautiful James Fiorentino one of one miracle on ice uh, print, and it's going to be signed by Micah Ruzioni. We already have a $300 bid on that. So, I guess what we can do is I'm going to be sending out a list. Uh, if you want to, you can PM me. If you want to bid on it, you can, but we're going to have to get some financial uh, information from you up front. Because you're not going to bid on something and then stiff us. Right. Not happening. <laughs> All right. With that being said, uh, Britt, uh, we'll see you next week, I think, or the week after. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, give me a call or email me. Email number 185 I can send back to you. Uh, and uh, say hi to everyone. Thanks for coming on.
4: Yes. Thank you, guys. We appreciate everything. We Thanks, really
1: Britt. Yeah. Brittany Perdigon from Little Smiles. Nice girl. I tell you, we've had some fun, man. We've had some fun with that. <laughs> you know how we uh we go to these luncheons and it, t- it turns into a free-for-all between me and Rico and Tom Cerrito. F-bombs all over the place. It's pretty good. <laughs> all right, let's bring in Brian. Brian, um, first of all, thanks for coming on. Uh, we really, oh, really appreciate it. Um, we got a lot to talk about today with, with what's going on uh, in the hobby. Um but first of all, what kind of a year did you have? What, is, what was 23, 2023 like for Mile High? Oh,
3: 2023 was uh, just a continuation of uh, kind of an upward uh, uh, trend that we've been on, I guess, since uh, even pre pandemic. Um, uh, it was a fabulous year, and, and uh, our auctions get more and more exposure. Uh, that means uh, more customers. Uh, better items. And, uh, you know, we we had a, you know, obviously transition from 2022, you know, I lost a longtime employee who yeah. unfortunately went away. And so it was uh, an uh, upheaval kind of in our uh, in, in our staff. But believe it or not, um, sometimes when we get uh, uh you know used to something uh we're just that used to it and now we've got uh some new people on board and and quite honestly more talented uh great individuals and uh uh so 23 was fabulous and and 24 is really starting off with a bang we've got a great auction that we're putting together for our spring auction
2: right i mean uh Jam. Brian, um, just playing off what you said, um, when you have a year like that, obviously not the personal stuff, and you know, obviously we're sorry for your, your loss with your, your company, but when you look at a year and then you're heading into another year, we're in February now, um, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but what did you learn from 23 that you can maybe apply to 24, whether it's changes in the business, trends, things you want to do differently uh, or not? How do, what do you take from one year into the next?
3: Yeah, I think that's a great question. What what I always do is, um, you know, we can't. This business, and, and really any business, I would imagine, but but definitely the sports collectibles business. It, it, you can't be stagnant at right. all. Right, there's different uh, trends, different things that uh, we see that are working. I think we have to do and are doing more with social media. I think we're going to get more into video uh, and, and set up a. Uh, kind of a, uh, a video area so we can do more presentations of upcoming material that, that are going to be in auctions so we can feature that, uh, you know, uh, a recap of auctions, things of that nature. So just, uh, you know, as good as 22 was, 23 got better, but you learn something. And going forward in 24, uh, we're going to apply some things that uh, – you know, that, uh, that we learned in 23 and we can, and can do better.
1: We're chatting with Brian Drent from mile high card company, Brian, you know, you're a vintage guy. You've been a vintage guy for many, many years, but you know, the market's changing. It's started to change over the last couple of years. So do you have n- new staff that specializes or is learning the modern and ultra modern card market? Yeah.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we've actually got uh, three guys on staff that uh, are well-versed in vintage, but they also probably have more of an aptitude uh, for modern, um, you know, with uh, Andy Roberts, Brian Fritz, and we recently added uh, David Cole. And those guys uh, all started out uh, as – really in our area local dealers setting up at local shows they one of them still you know a couple of them still set up uh, on their own um, and really focused more on modern than they did on vintage so it really brought a, a new angle to mile High card company and so I think we're even more well versed with modern stuff. It may not be exactly my uh expertise or or forte but uh we definitely have people on staff that uh know it much better than myself and uh and, and know the material.
1: Let's talk about the vintage market for a minute. Um again Brian, you have a wealth of knowledge when it comes to vintage cards. Um excluding the roots, uh the cobbs, you know, the standard the wagners, those standard uh uh iconic cards can you recommend i mean i we always get questions from from budget collectors uh mm-hmm. vintage collectors about can we make recommendations and you know we try not to but sometimes we'll we'll kind of float some names out there based on trends uh, a card that you know, they may want to you know keep an eye on our cards are there any vintage cards that you can think of that going forward in 2024 maybe even 2025 and and beyond that that may be a a, a decent investment doesn't have to be a high grade card but more or less a player a kilibru or an al line or one of those guys or somebody from the 30s or 40s i mean are there any cards off the top of your head or players off the top of your head that may be a sound investment
3: yeah, that's a you, you kind of hit on one of them already that was on the top of my head. And that was K Line. I think K Line provides a uh, nice value after the first and maybe even the second tier of Hall of Famers. K Line, Killabrew, uh, going back to the 30s. Obviously, you know, a little bit more high end, but but maybe not to the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, level of Ruth and, and Gehrig and even DiMaggio, is maybe a guy like Dizzy Dean rogers hornsby um you know sisler um so i think some of those you know maybe second tier even maybe a little bit lower than that uh but very incredibly popular guys provide good investment potential um and then regards to in regards to maybe sets that are overlooked um, obviously, thirty-three and even thirty-four, Gaudy uh, are extremely popular. But staying in the thirties, you know, you've got thirty-nine play ball, black and white issue. Obviously, Ted Williams and then the DiMaggio card. But after that, the uh, Hall of Famers, um, even even guys like Jimmy Fox, eh, aren't that incredibly. That I mean, I wouldn't say valuable, but they they, they provide nice value. And then what going. About- Even into the 50s and 60s, I think some of the food issues, um, you know, even in the 60s, I mean, some of the post cereal issues all the way into the 70s, Kellogg's and Hostess, not incredibly uh, valuable, but definitely a good buy for, you know, budget conscious collectors.
1: What about the Diamond Stars uh, set? I know that's a tough set to get in a high grade. Isn't it because of the they, they chip basically? But is is a diamond is is for for a budget collector? Is that kind of a, a decent set to zero in on?
3: From aside from the higher numbers in that set, which are a little bit definitely of a challenge and, and provide some uh, stress on the wallet, the other parts of the set are are pretty easy uh, in regards to uh, not costing too much. You get every major star aside from, obviously, Ruth and Gehrig. Um, But, you know, and so sometimes that set gets overlooked because it doesn't have the inclusion of Ruth or Gehrig. Uh, But one thing that that set provides tremendously well is is it kind of captivates and encompasses the era that it was issued with that Art Deco style. So it really kind of fits the era and uh, definitely – Remains incredibly popular. It's uh, a little easier on the wallet, and uh, I think it's a it's a little bit of a challenge too.
1: Good. We have chatting with Brian Drent from Mile High Card Company. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Brian's with us for the whole hour. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to have another GAX moment. I know you're psyched, JM. You are really psyched for my GAX.
2: It's not moment only right a here. GAX moment. It's actually my favorite <laughs> moment of the week.
1: Yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> <definitely. laughs> You're such a fraud. You are such a fraud. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rico Petroselli. Right now,
6: thousands of children are facing the most difficult times in their lives with serious illness, homelessness, and other tragedies. I hope that you can join us on March 2nd at the County Line Restaurant in Juno Beach, Florida, for a live auction and some great baseball talk. If you can't join us, please consider a donation to littlesmilesfl.org. That's littlesmilesfl.org to help these kids. And when you donate, please mention the Great American Collectibles Show. We hope you'll help.
2: Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards, and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, Mile High. Go to milehighcardcode.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information.
4: Let's go! Batter up!
2: Hi, everyone. This is Rico
6: Petroselli. JustCollect.com. A leader in the vintage sports card industry is giving free appraisals on your vintage cards. They'll evaluate your collection for free and let you know the value of it at no cost and no obligation. If you're ready to sell, JustCollect.com will offer you industry-leading prices to buy your card collection. To begin your free baseball card appraisal, visit JustCollect.com or call them at 732-828-2261. That's JustCollect.com for your free vintage card appraisals and top buy prices for your cards. Check out JustCollect.com today.
3: This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property, homeowner's insurance is all most people need. But for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection.
0: Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately Become another one of Memory Lane's record setting prices.
6: How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment. The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them out at GameUseBats.com.
1: Okay, we are back. And, uh... Let's talk about the Philly show, J.M. All right. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show, The Philly Show, from Friday, March 8th to Sunday, March 10th, held at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center Hall. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby dealer boots on over 100,000 square feet of sports collectibles heaven from the 1800s to present day. Major sports auction houses and third party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is family friendly, and all kids 10 and under get in for free. Autograph mm-hmm. guests to include Super Bowl 52 Philadelphia Eagles championship reunion players, uh, guys like Nick, or also Nick Foles is going to be there, uh, Super Bowl champion head coach Doug Peterson, Brandon Graham. Jason Peters, Trey Burton, as well as Baseball Hall of Famers, Frank Thomas, Robin Yount, and more to come. For more information, go to phillyshow.com. Remember, since 1975, the Philly Show is where it all started. Okay, welcome to another Gax Moment, brought to us by our good friend, Paul Borges and the great staff at EB Collectibles, Go to pbcollectibles.com, your neighborhood card shop, for that piece of great memorabilia or for that special card. The Titoa 6 set is littered with some of the greatest players that have ever graced the diamond. Names like Wagner, Cobb, Johnson, Mathewson, and Lajue are just some of the Hall of Famers in this iconic set. The picture you see right now of this guy is one player however and he's included in the monster set and nobody seems to know why. Jack Bashton never played in the major leagues. As a matter of fact, he was not even a very good minor league player. When and where was Bashton born? When did he die? No one seems to know. We know that Jack played for the Albany Senators in 1908 and later on that year for the Glumpersville-Johnson-Jags. Jack then moved to the Elmira Colonels. All combined, he batted 180 for those three teams. In 1909, the first baseman made it to the San Antonio Broncos in the Class C Texas League, hitting a respectable two hundred forty-eight. Bastion finished up in the Tri-State League, playing for the Redding Pretzels and finally the Wilmington Chicks. Jack packed it in after batting 225 in 1,384 bats at-bats over a period of four years. Jack was included in the T206 set. As a Southern le- leaguer, as a matter of fact, his card is considered somewhat of a premium. Why is he there? Maybe he was related to someone at the American Tobacco Company. Maybe he even worked there in the offseason. It has become a real head-scratcher. The fact remains, though, that if it were not for the Monster T206 set, Jack Bashton would be playing first base in the baseball world of oblivion. And that's another Axe moment. Okay, guys, what do you think? What do you think of Jack Bashton, uh, Brian?
3: I think that was pretty cool. I didn't know that. And uh, I don't remember the last time you said something I didn't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when we did the research on that book. <laughs> Zap, Zap never says anything that we don't already know. No, know exactly. <laughs> when, I,
1: when we did the research on that book, we were like, we dug and dug and dug and dug. You know, we, we spent a lot of hours contacting uh, the Hall of Fame, spoke to some people from Sabre. We came up with dead ends everywhere. And if you notice the picture, I mean, I know you can't see it right now, Brian, but he doesn't no. even have
2: a baseball no, uniform. No, no, he doesn't. That was really interesting. It, yeah.
1: I can't put the card. Yeah.
3: I can't. I got to look it up after. He's got, got a little,
1: there. he's got a, a, like a, a, a suit jacket on and a little like. Almost like, a like, a golf, like, like a scally cap. It's like a scally cap. cap. Yeah. 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 Really crazy. Have no idea why the guy's even in the T206 set. Always been a mystery. That was one of the ones that we, we just. Couldn't find a damn thing. If you look, dig and dig and dig. Birthplace, unknown. Death date, unknown. It was just like, wow. Really, really crazy. crazy stuff. Crazy oh, man. stuff.
2: All
1: right, let's get back to our good friend, Brian Dren, from a mile high. Brian, we talked baseball. What about uh, 70s basketball? You know, I'm I'm a guy that grew up, uh, to me, uh, 60s and <coughs> 70s basketball, uh, especially 70s basketball was, you know, uh, and, and 80s, into the 80s, obviously. But, you know, I started with Russell, and from Russell I went to Cowens, and from Cowens, I went to Bird, you know, right through all those years. 70s basketball uh, seems to be real hot now. Is it, or is it my imagination?
3: No, I think it is. I mean, um, just like the 70s baseball stuff and obviously football, I mean, Topps still wasn't uh- – Until the mid-'80s, you know, production of the cards was just uh, a tool to sell the gum. And so some of the 70s issues are incredibly difficult to find, uh, centered print issues, uh, things of that nature. So to find incredibly high-grade cards from that period of time isn't as easy as one would think, even with vending still out there and things of that nature. And then obviously you have a great, uh, uh, you know, group of players uh, uh you know you have Maravich and, and uh irving and um you know kareem uh in, in the early 70s you know you still have west and chamberlain um you know Havlicek uh so there, there's a tremendous amount of players and, and a lot of hall of fame rookies come from that area i mean you can go year by year right. and there's of fame rookies in in nearly every set.
2: JM you are Yeah, I want I want to stay on that and kind of take a little bit from what Zap was talking about before the break with the vintage and then bring in what you guys are talking about now. And I will bring it back to baseball with the 70s into the 80s baseball guys. I just watched a great documentary on George Brett on MLB Network. Don't know if you guys caught it, but you should have. It, it. it was awesome. I mean, I I and I'm not saying this because those are the that's the bulk of my collection, but I mean George Brett, Mike Schmidt, Reggie Jackson, Nolan Ryan—some I mean, of the greatest players in the history of the game came into the game and blossomed in the seventies and eighties. Then you get into the eighties with Boggs and Tony Gwynn and all. The, I mean, we're talking frontline statistical yeah. players—guys that had over five hundred homers, three hundred lifetime averages. Okay, I mean, are these cards ever going to get into the realm? Of, yeah, I'm not saying they're going to get up to Garrick, Ruth, and, and Cobb, and Christy Mathewson, but every, we always talk about they, they're going up, they're going up. But, I mean, I'm not seeing that. And I know, Brian, if you are, or is it just a case that there's too many of them out there? I, I don't know what the holdup is because it's not the quality of player.
3: Yeah, yeah it, I guess in, in like grade eight and even nine, there is a but once you get to that magical ten, obviously you see incredibly high prices for some of that material. Yeah. Like in our upcoming auction, and I, I don't love to steer it that way. That's not that's not my no. Game that we want you. No to. that's good. That we
2: want you to do that. Yeah.
3: I know you guys remember we had the sixty eight set uh, that was number two, and I think it yeah. did one or million or something along those lines believe it or not uh we're breaking the number one set 68 set in the next auction so it's literally almost all tens yeah I mean wow. I think it's like six or seven cards that aren't tens but on top of that we got another collection in that was Cincinnati Reds based and so it starts really in 70 runs through the 70s and in, into the 80s actually and it's nearly all tens with some nines And there's some really high-grade cards like, you know, 70 uh, bench and a 10, a 70 rows and a 10, 71 rows or bench 9, and and then 72 rows and a 10, 73 rows and a 10, 73 bench and a 10. That kind of stuff will go, quite honestly, bonkers just because it's elevated past those 8s and 9s, obviously. And and so – you might see nice prices on nines there's many many multiples for tens yeah you know yeah.
1: jm you you're you're making a good point i think and agreeing with what brian's saying the tens go for a real premium and some of uh, the nines do but Going from below the nines, there are so many out there,
2: and that's you know, yeah, right. I mean,
1: unlike you know thirty three Gaudis, I mean those those are finite numbers, pretty yep. much. I mean,
2: sure, but, uh, yeah, there are there are there are I, yeah. I mean, I just think about it's it's about that. It's not the quality of player because I mean, you're talking about a Ricky Henderson, you're talking about a Nolan yeah. Ryan. I mean, a Nolan Ryan is like go through his stats. He's like he's but he, you could make a case he was the greatest pitcher who ever lived.
1: Yeah, I mean, his, I mean, his, his when you his think height. about it. His high grade cards do have a have a, have a really. But good even premium. aside cards like
3: in our last auction, we had a 1980 alternate jersey of Henderson. Okay, and, uh, it was a beautiful jersey, and I know it was sold in a competitor's auction. And this isn't anything to point out. It's just the the upward mobility and upward yeah. trends. Um, and these are numbers off the top of my head, but I think it was sold maybe a year and a half, two years ago, in the sixteen seventeen thousand dollar range. The guy, you know, bought it, consigned it, right? And I think we got twenty three or twenty four thousand for the jersey. And so, just aside from the cards, but I focused on the memorabilia, how JM pointed out, you know, Ricky Henderson and those yeah. kinds of guys. That jersey, you know, five, six, seven years ago, may have been under ten grand. Now, for a knit, we're talking twenty twenty, 20 uh, nearly twenty five thousand dollars for that That's kind of point. jersey. Those were unheard of numbers five years ago.
1: Yeah, Brian, let's talk about uh, your upcoming auction. Can you, you know, th- throw throw some carrots out there with some of the? Uh, this is going to be a big one. I know that. Can you throw some uh, t- a little tease out to some of the items? Yep.
3: We're going to break the number sixty, uh, number one sixty eight set. Uh, that's going to be really fabulous. We're breaking uh, a really high grade uh, fifty one Parker set. Uh, which is incredibly popular, includes rookie cards of, obviously, Gordie Howe, Maurice Richard, um, you know, uh, who's the the uh, Red Wing goalie. I can't – off the top of my head, I can't think. But anyways, uh, that – and then the Cincinnati Reds collection is fabulous. One of the cards that kind of sticks out to me, two of them, um, we have a 66-tops test of Bobby Orr uh really rare issue, and it's a, a PSA 8.5. There's only a couple nines known to exist. So this card's really uh, a card that doesn't come to market very often, and I think there'll be a lot of focus on it. And then we have a beautiful uh, T206 Matthewson white cap, graded at SP 8 So just those Great are card. a couple cards that uh, kind of come to mind. We also just brought in... And it's a card that literally got to the office yesterday afternoon, um, and it should really inspire some people and really see uh, a good amount of bidding. It's hey. a uh, Philadelphia uh, card of Jim Brown, and the card, that's not a difficult card. It comes in high grade, eights, even nines, but this is the one and only ten. Wow. And. Uh, so that should be fun to see what where that goes.
2: Brian, you know. Okay, go ahead, go ahead no, I was just going to say, you know, and Zeb, you come in on this too. Oh, obviously, we just saw Patrick Mahomes win the Super Bowl. And yeah. he, he, you know we we're, we're Brady guys here in Bar, you know in New England, so it's like, oh, he's not as good, but you know what? I mean, six years into the career, seven years into the career, he's, he's right closing there the gap. I mean, he's, he's right there the with Tom in that now, is he going to play till he's 45 and win seven? I don't know if he's going to do that. I don't even know if the, he has it in him to want to play till he's 45. Brady right. was yeah. a uni- Brady was a unique animal, you know, so but this, this he's legit. It's for real. The team's a dynasty, a mini dynasty right now. His stats are un- unbelievable, both statistically and as a leader, bringing his team to championships. He's got hardware, MVPs. I mean, is this guy going to be one of those guys that 15 years from now we're putting in that upper echelon category if he stays on this path?
3: Yeah, Fine. I think, <laughs> unfortunately, as a Denver Bronco, season I... <laughs> ticket holder. And I'll tell you, I'll tell I you know. a quick little story. Um uh, my buddy who who I shared seats with, uh, we were at uh Mahomes' first game that he ever played. And uh or that he started. And it was late in the season, kind of a throwaway game for them. And they started him because remember he, he was uh behind Alex Smith
2: for yeah, the first right, Sure, he right. sat, yeah, right.
3: Monday night and uh late in the season, kind of a not uh, important game. And Von Miller has him dead to rights for a sack. You guys might remember the play, Mm. and he's running towards the left uh, uh, sideline. My buddy and I may have had a couple too many adult cordials, (laughs) and um, (laughs) we uh, he he switches the ball from his right hand to his left hand and throws the ball left handed. (laughs) (laughs) And my buddy. Just throw that ball left handed, and I said, I think so. And he goes, We got a problem, yeah. And I said, I think we might have like a decade problem. <laughs> you,
2: That's you, do. you do, you do, yeah. And Brian, and the, the thing the- is, you know, you talk about it as, you, as a Bronco fan, think about when well, now Harbaugh's come, think about the coaches in your division right now, outside of Pierce with the Raiders. You have Andy Reid, hey, Jim Ray Harbaugh, Robertson. and Sean Pay. I mean, those are three potential, I mean, Hall of Fame coaches. Let's Absolutely. face it. And they're in they're yeah, in that division yeah. now. It's it's going to be tough sledding. It is. Hey, yeah, this no, I
3: nope. I thought about this after the Super Bowl and, you know, as a Bronco fan, I thought in the AFC West, hey, we probably had the all-time best coach in the AFC West with uh with with Mike Shanahan. We probably had the all-time greatest player in the AFC West with John Elway. Yeah. And probably the greatest team in the in the ninety seven ninety eight back to back broncos. And honestly with that win, I think uh, unfortunately they surpass us with the best coach, the best player, and the best team. Yeah. So unbelievable. It's a good, uh, point. It's a good point.
1: They're not It's a good point. Hey, listen, we have a couple of minutes left before we take a break. Brian, last week we got into a pretty, pretty uh, intense discussion, uh, Rico and I with uh, JP uh and Al Christopholi from Love of the Game about uh, some of these influences Dad,
3: me last week.
1: I, actually, Al did. He, he did a great job. He did a great yeah, job. Yeah. Uh, but we got into a really intense discussion about uh, these influences and how there are a couple of guys out there that and we were all of the opinion that they're trying to steer young collectors to buy a certain card and mm. not necessarily a good thing to do. Because I'm of the opinion that some of them, not all of them, are on somebody's somebody's higher up payroll to do that. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I would uh, imagine that some of these guys may be compensated uh, uh, in, in some way, shape, or form, and kind of uh, you know putting information out there that may not be best for collectors and especially young collectors and uh you know the one thing to always keep in mind and i'm I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the episode um but as collectors you know first of all collect what you enjoy um you know too many times i see people and it, whether it's modern or vintage uh, they always follow the group you know and there, there's ebbs and flows to everything yeah. And uh, there's hot parts of the segments of the market and hot, you know, genres that people are collecting. And it's like these guys jump around and they have to collect what everybody else is collecting. Collect what you enjoy, do your own research, figure out what you're doing and and, uh, go your own way. And at the end of the day, I think you'll be rewarded more than ever and you'll enjoy it. Um, The influencers, maybe they're just that, just trying to influence. That's it.
1: Great advice. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Brian is in the house. He's going to stick with us. I think Mike Brav, uh is going to be coming on. Mike Brav usually has a really nice suit on when he comes on. Let's see what he looks like. I don't even know if he's here. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated
7: online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavali and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Pristine ensures all items are 100% authentic. In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions. The original sports auction and appraisal house, Leland's was established in 1985 by legendary pioneer founder Joshua Leland Evans. And today, President Mike Hefner carries on their tradition. From the Tom Brady card and memorabilia collection to the famed Boston Garden Auction to high-end card auctions from every major sport, Leland's has always maintained the highest standards. Go to Leland's.com and get your bid in. That's Leland's, the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades.
5: It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts, capable of identifying and maximizing value for our consigners. It requires the most visited website in the industry, courting a global audience of collectors over a million and a half strong. It requires a dedicated press department that expands our global reach far beyond the entrenched hobby marketplace. It's hard work, but a simple premise. Present the finest collectibles to the largest population of potential buyers, and world records will come. We invite all listeners to put the unmatched power of heritage auctions to work for you. Auction evaluations are always free, and our commission-based fee structure ensures that our interests are always aligned. The highest possible price for your collectibles. There will always be new world records to chase, so let's chase them together. Visit our website at ha.com and request your no-obligation review today. with record-breaking sales from everything from the White Border T206 Honus Wagner for $3.12 million to some great items that support the Jackie Robinson Foundation. Golden Auctions has set the highest standards for the finest in sports cards, autographs, and game-used memorabilia. We're always accepting consignments of high-end premium sports treasures or entire collections. Please register for our next auction and bid now at goldenauctions.com. That's golden with an I. We at Golden Auctions are committed to providing Surpass customer service for the discriminating collector. That's exactly why we're the leader in the industry. Visit goldenauctions.com or call 856-767-8550. Remember, Golden Auctions. We don't just break records, we shatter them.
0: Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks... It has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest. Because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE. Or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices.
8: Hey, I'm Mike Petroselli. If your company is looking for the best in marketing and promotional items, you'll hit a home run with Petroselli Marketing. With over 8,000 suppliers and 650,000 imprint ready items, we can get your company the visibility it needs to get your maximum exposure. Whether it be office promotions, wearables, automotive, sports items, and everything in between, Petroselli Marketing can do it all. Our design staff will even work with you from concept to delivery and customize your products. At Petroselli Marketing Group, we will get your brand in front of your audience. Contact us at info at PetrocelliMKT.com or call us at 603-880-3202. That's Petrocelli Marketing, where no dream is impossible.
2: So how does your company or organization do promotions? Imprinted products keeps your brand in front of your customers more than any other form of advertising. For the best on-time service and new ideas for your next project, give Petrocelli Marketing Group a call at 800-264-4294 or email us at mp at
1: Okay, we are in the house with Brian Drent from Mile High Car <clears throat> Company and another friend of ours. And what did I tell you, J.M.? I said he looks, he's going to have his suit on. He looks great. He, look, he looks like a stockbroker.
2: And let, and let like me tell the, you something else. So I listened to his ad, you know, always his spot. He does the voiceover yeah. for that. And I've always said, not only at ZAP, if, if you outlive me, which is highly unlikely, um, if, but if you do, not only do I want the video at my wake, but I want Prov to narrate the video. And here's John drinking a bourbon at Salisbury Beach, and here's John finishing 10,000th in a road race, and I want the narration by Mike Provenzal.
5: Re- Mike, reasonable rates for voiceover
2: work. <laughs> Mike Prov from uh,
1: Heritage Auctions. You guys know each other pretty well, I would think, right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Prov, first of all, you have a suit on. Are you going to
5: awake? we a suit. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I am in New York in our beautiful New York. Oh, park, nice. Park Avenue. All right. Platinum auctions on preview. Anybody can come see it. Come by and see me. Uh, We can talk about all the items in there. Some pretty incredible stories.
1: Well, I'd like to put a bid in right now for the unopened OPG box. I'd like to put in a bid
2: for five
5: hundred bucks. Yeah, well, we. You bypass that, but we could throw that on top if you'd like. And and <laughs> prob,
2: I'm gonna, I'm going to go 250 on the 1950 the Red Sox team postcard that includes Babe Ruth. I'm going 250 on that.
5: Yeah, yeah two dollars <laughs> <what I'm gonna laughs> here for your pockets. Uh,
1: why don't you tell us? All kidding aside, a uh, platinum <clears throat> auction is like a memorabilia heaven. Tell us uh, about some of the the key items in it. it, it you know, obviously the O P C. Tell us, tell us about the that unopened box.
5: It's uh, one of the best auctions we've ever put together. It's really incredible. Uh, The Opeechee box, uh, 79 Opeechee unopened case, uh, really incredible story. It's great. The family just found it in their dad's house. They didn't even know that they had it uh, because Opeechee labeled the boxes with the second year. So it said 1980 on it. They thought it was a 1980 case. They poked a little hole in it and saw the white boxes for the uh, 79 Opeechee. So that's already it. 2 million. Uh, Great story. Came out of middle of nowhere, Canada, which is just perfect. I mean, where else would you want to find (laughs) something like that? Uh, The other thing is the 1916 Babe Ruth World Series game used glove. Uh, That's one of the most important pieces we've ever handled. When Babe Ruth was asked what his favorite moment in baseball was, he didn't say anything offensive or batting. He said it was that game two complete game victory in game two of the World Series this is the glove he used. He annotated it on himself, uh, said it was the glove I used in the 1916 World Series. Uh, so just an incredible piece of history.
1: What is that at?
5: Uh, that is at half a million right now. I, I would be shocked if it didn't get over a million with it being Ruth, such an early game-used item. Uh, I mean, that's,
1: that's really a museum
5: piece. It, yeah, it really it, is. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, to see it in person, you can come see it in our New York office. Uh, I was looking at it today. Um, the security guards we have working were amazed at, you know, how small it is, how little it is. Uh, it's essentially like a winter weather glove with sure. just a little bit extra. Uh, and then you show them the uh, – it's got two Babe Ruth signatures, his inscription. Uh, it's really remarkable. Hey,
1: Brian, uh, jump in here, by the way. You know, I know that you guys uh, are your friendly competitors, Um uh, you know, feel free to. I was to... absolutely
3: just uh, going through the catalog last night, and and just like Mike said, uh, honestly, it, you know, the Heritage's uh, platinum night auctions are astounding, and this may be, in my opinion, it's the most astounding of them all. I mean, I knew about the case uh, actually right when you guys got it. Uh, I may have been at a show and gone out for. <laughs> a couple of drinks with Derek and Lee and uh, <laughs> they showed me a little video. So uh, it was, uh, I, they asked me, what do you think this is? And the flap opened and I see the white boxes and I, I and then I must've looked <laughs> up with like huge eyes. And then I think Lee goes, you know what it is.
5: And I, I I what it is. That. Uh, Steve Hart was kind enough to let us go and film the entire authentication process which was amazing talking to that guy about wax is mind blowing. He knows everything. We got to see it all happening right there.
3: That's cool. That is cool. I mean, Steve, I've known Steve, Steve and I have known each other for a long, long time. And uh, when I got the uh, beer box find, I took it right there and the same kind of thing. I got to kind of see him, uh, you know, in his element and uh, he definitely knows what he's doing. So,
2: Hey, Prabh, like, you, you have, and I, I'd top like top to top. bring Brian in on this too. I noticed whenever I do research for the show, you know, when they go into an auction, I see all these card companies that I had not heard of before. You have a Wolverine news, Ty Cobb card there. And Brian, you come in on this too. Tell me yeah. about the card and Wolverine news. That's the first I've seen that one, even doing the show for a while now.
5: Yeah. So really unique piece. Um, that was a new one to me to see in person. Um, but I love those really rare issues like that. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. I know Brian has too, and it's amazing when you can see something that you've just never seen before come in the door. I know Brian, they've had a plenty of material like that, Uh, but when you can tie a great issue like that to Ty cop, then uh, you've got a really special piece and that's what uh, collectors are really looking for. You know, still is those unique ones that you can show off. You know, that is a piece you, a card you can brag about because Only a handful of people can own it.
2: Ryan, have you come across unique issues like that before? Yeah, for sure. I mean, with that Wolverine,
3: uh, uh, the postcard, I I mean, that's a card that early on, I think, uh, was overlooked. I mean, it's an odd size, a postcard size issue. Um, But then people start to realize, hey, wait a sec, this was issued, I believe, in 1907, 1908. It, it, It effectively becomes... Uh, with some other postcard issues, uh, effectively Ty Cobb's, you know, rookie era collectibles. And so, whereas in the beginning of this, uh, I, I wouldn't say the infancy, but the beginning of the hobby, more or less, it was often overlooked because it didn't fit typical size. Now it's, uh, it becomes much more revered because of the time that, that the card was issued.
1: Very, very, very cool. Hey, we got about two minutes left. Um Ryan, first of all, when does your auction start? Do, have yeah, you, did, do you have a start date yet?
3: Yeah, it's March 29th, and we'll finish up April 13th.
1: All right, so that's that's a good run. And when is the platinum auction end, Prove?
5: February 24th and 25th, and it'll be on display here in New York all week. And we'll have some of it on display at the Burbank show this weekend as well.
1: Michael, how many uh, how many lots in the in the auction? Oh, did we lose Mike? I think he froze up. Oh, he looks. Uh, oh, he's back. He's back. You're back, uh, Pro, <laughs> How many? How many lots? How many lots in your in your auction?
5: Twelve hundred. Uh, so the session one, which will close on February 24th, that's all the high five figure, six figure, seven figure stuff. But there's plenty of stuff in there for all levels well, of collectors. That's so, what I
1: was going to say. I mean, you know, when we say platinum auction, we talk about some of these items. There are items in there for every collector. And the same holds true with Brian's auctions. You know, Brian, the first lots are just mind-blowing, typically, Brian, in your auctions, too. But there are items there that the budget collector uh, can get for a couple hundred bucks. uh, Yeah,
3: I think that's the best way to build an auction. I mean, obviously, you have to have a little bit of eye candy. But uh, understand that uh, not all of your customers are... uh, Uh, you know, uh, of the means to be able to afford some of that stuff. And um, there's plenty of great customers out there that uh, will find items, whether it's in our auctions, Heritage's auctions, or any of our competitors that uh, that fit the budget-minded collector.
1: Guys, I want to thank you both. As always, you guys mean a lot to us. You guys have both been with us since day one, year number eight. We are in our eighth year, which is, like, amazing. And I know – and I still look good. Uh, with that being said, Brian, thanks so much. Uh, as always, uh, you know you, we look forward to uh, the auction. Prove, say hi to the guys. Stay warm in New York City because I know it's a little chilly there. Yeah. And uh, our good friend J.M. Yeah, have a great have a great week.
2: Great and, show, uh, guys. Great to have you yeah. guys on, and great to have Brittany on at the top. Zap to talk about yep. the event too.
1: And uh, next week, Rick will be back with us. Rico is out right now playing golf, that I know. With that being said, (laughs) thanks so much for all of your support. We love you guys, and happy collecting.
5: Have a good one.